What was the thing you bought that you regret the most? <laughs> There's a few things. <laughs> um, I had two Savannah cats. I had to get rid of them though. They were crazy. What, are they expensive? So I had one that was around 4000 3000 Holy shit. And then I got a male who was uh, 6000 Welcome to Needing Dough, the podcast presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. I'm your host, Andrew Hawkins, better known as Hawk. Now, you probably all know the drill, but just in case you don't, here on Needing Dough, Uninterrupted CEO Maverick Carter sits down with your favorite athletes to see how they learn to manage the life-changing amounts of money that becoming a pro athlete can provide. And as a former NFL wide receiver, I'm here to bring you my personal take on how these lessons from legends translate to you in your life. Now, before we jump into this conversation featuring Ben Simmons, Needing Dough the Podcast is presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. New episodes drop every week, so be sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your shows. And now it's time to welcome Ben Simmons to Needing Dough. Ben's only 23, and he's already become one of the more exciting players in the NBA. Coming out of LSU, he was drafted first overall in the 2016 NBA Draft by the Philadelphia 76ers. And this season, he made his first All-Star team while helping lead the Sixers to the NBA playoffs. On today's show, which was recorded back when Ben was a rookie, you'll hear him talk about feeling exploited while playing college ball, adjusting to living in America, and yes, Savannah Cats. So let's get to it. Here's my man Maverick with NBA All-Star Ben Simmons. Ben, what's up, brother? What's going on? Good to see you, man. Yes, sir. Um, great to have you here. Um, but I'll start with asking you, like, obviously, you Australian guy playing here in America. There's obviously culture difference for you, but you've been here since you were a sophomore. But what was it like growing up in Australia? Like, give us a little bit of, like, what was it like growing up for you in your house, with your family, with your siblings? What was it like? So I was the youngest of, uh, well, I am the youngest of six. Big family. Um, and we all lived together at some stage. But um, growing up, it was just a normal household for me. Um, the youngest, of course. So, you know, I was, I was at the bottom. Had to, you know, earn my stuff. How many of the siblings played basketball? Everybody played at some point. Everybody, everybody. tried it and gave it right, a go. Right, yep. And did everybody love it or everybody just kind of... I like, think it was just because like... Because dad's a pro, right. we'll give it a shot. Or did everybody like, fuck, I love hoops, I want to be a hooper. I th- it's a bit of both. Like everybody just played it just because it was one of those things like everybody's doing it. So I think we all love the game to an extent. Um, yeah, everybody has that passion for it. Got it. And did you, like, so the way I grew up, a little different than you, I'm my mother's only child, but I have, I don't even know how many, I think like 25 first cousins. And we all like every weekend we go to my grandma's house and like she cook and hang and my dad has six siblings, and they all, they all have at least two kids. Some have like five, but I was the youngest because my dad's the youngest. So I was like, I mean, honestly, I was babied. Uh, in a way that like, if there was ever, a, I was gonna be in a fight, I was not, I was not gonna be the one fighting. Were you kind of babied too, obviously, being the youngest of six? Um, kind of, yeah. You know, you had Sean and Liam pushing me around, but also my sister Olivia, who was older than me, so. I was babied a little bit, but my parents kind of, you know, it's their final kiss, so they kind of got to the point where they just like, survive, you know, just get through it. So. <laughs> yeah, and did, you, did your siblings like, did they, 
like always help you in a way that like, Ben, do this, watch out for this, don't do that? Or do they help you in a way like, <laughs> fuck you, you gotta learn it on your own, or like let him go learn it? It was more fu- protective. Right, it was more fuck you. More but fuck but you they're protective too. So it's like a, a very competitive family. Oh, you guys all compete? Oh, for sure. I love that. For sure. And was there a time when you were a kid where like the others were better than you at hoops? And you wanted to beat one of them or like, or were you I, always I the best basketball? I don't think better, I would say older and just more developed. So, <laughs> but in my mind, I'm thinking I'm the best. Got it. And did, as a, as a youngster, did anyone, them or parents talk to you about like money or did you know you guys' financial situation as a kid? I never really knew, but I always felt like we were comfortable. Um, even if we weren't, I would never know. So my parents always made me feel like, you know, we're fine. You're, you're always feel like, and was there a point that you realized, obviously your dad played basketball right. and he played basketball for money. At what point did you realize like, oh shit, dad plays basketball, but he gets paid to play basketball. Right. Because as a kid, that's kind of a hard concept. I never looked at it like that. I you just never looked at it like, he's just playing. He's so, just playing, yeah. he's just doing what he loves to do. Right, right. And he takes care of the family. Exactly. And, but at what point did you realize like he gets paid? Was there an age where you remember going like that? Probably when he stopped playing. Really? Right, yeah. Why when he stopped? I think because when he's playing, I wasn't really, I was, I was very young. So I wasn't looking at it like that. I was just looking at he's playing basketball. And, right. and for me, um, I never looked at it as a money-making uh, opportunity. I just love playing the game. And, and for yourself, was there a point when you realized that you were good enough to get paid to play? Like, oh shit, people get paid to play. Right. I think I'm good enough. I know I'm good enough that I could get paid one day. I think it was more just knowing this is what I want to do. And then, you know, if I, if I can get, you know, some contracts and, and play well enough, then that's going to happen um, along the way. But for me, I just want to be the best. So it, never, it was never about the money. It was, of course, it's never about the money, but there had to be a but point. But when the money was, you know. But there's a point, that's a great point. It's never about the money because you just love the hoop. Right, right now. But when it comes like, down to the money, of course, you want to get paid. You want to get paid because you're like, people get paid right. to do this. So I should get paid to Definitely. do it. And for me, it's always amazing watching a guy like you who at a young age was a great player to think that like, okay, you went from being a high school player and a kid just playing basketball wherever you play to being a high school player and then you get to a point where you go maybe it's college sometimes it's not they're like this this is going to be my life this right. is my job yeah so i was curious for you was there like a light bulb was there like a moment where you like dunked and you realized it was a game when you had 25 points or 30 points or did i realize it or did somebody talk sit you down and talk to you about it um i think more towards college i think that's when it really hit me this is, you know, my career. I need to take care of myself. So I think I took it a lot more. I was more serious about the game and taking care of my body, Got it. Uh, knowing it was a business. Got it. And as, as being the youngest of six siblings, and now you're in the NBA, so now you're the one, all of you play basketball. You said your dad even played hoops, but you're the one who went all the way to the NBA. Now you make a lot of money and have the opportunity, the potential, obviously the way fucking NBA guys get paid these days, to make a whole lot of money, but do your siblings still treat you the same, or is it different now? Um, I think just, I think it's the same. It's, it's similar. Like it's, it's a little different just because you know I'm, I have my career. I'm doing my own thing as well, so I don't talk to everybody all the time. Yeah. So it's a lot different, but I think it's similar. You know, once we get in the same in the vicinity as each other, it's it's the same. It's the same. They still treat you right. as a baby. Yeah. And do you? At this point, do you try and command more respect? Like, hey guys, I'm a pro now. Right. I'm an adult. 
And then we just had to toast for your 20 I think points. I have to remind some of my siblings sometimes just because they think <laughs> I'm younger all the time, which I am, but at the same time, I've been through things that you know, a lot of people haven't been through. Yeah, and also, they probably try and protect you from going through things that some of the shit you need to go through and learn on your own. Do you, do you think about that part? Like, guys, just let yeah. me learn this thing on my own. A lot of the time, just because I want to experience it for myself, and I think you just need to do that. It's hard. It's easy for somebody to tell you um, not to do something, but it's different once you go through it. Got it. And when you came to America, you came after your sophomore year or your sophomore? Did you during, your sophomore? during my sophomore year, so halfway through. So you played your half of your, did you play basketball your sophomore year in yeah, Australia? Yeah, And then you came? Yeah. And, like, how did that come about? How did moving to America come about? So, mom didn't want me to go. And then I had my sister Emily out here who lived in, I think it was Arizona at the time, or Oakland. And she kind of pushed it. So I told her I want to go, and we made it happen. So I ended up going to Montverde Academy. Yeah, and why did you want to come to America? Um, so I went to a few camps before I came out and nobody knew me. But by the time I got back to Australia, everybody you know, was talking about me from videos and you know, Twitter, social media. So once that started to happen, I just felt comfortable and I felt like I needed to be over here to develop my game. To develop, and you, did you feel like you wanted that competition that was here? Definitely. You wanted to be the, you wanted the stage. Wanted, so I'd look at the high school rankings that have you know, top 100, top 50, and my name would never be there because I wasn't playing in the States. Because you were in Australia. Right, yeah. So once I came over, I was like, I'm, I'm being number one. Yeah, and and you wanted this stage of America, so you were excited to come. Oh yeah, definitely. And mom was like, "This is my baby, no way." Right, but at the same time, I was like, "You gotta let me go. I gotta do this for you know for myself, and I gotta be a better player." So exactly, she, she let me go. And did you had you already made a name in Australia? Were you like already the right. best high yeah. school player in Australia? Yeah. So you had already accomplished that. So in your mind, I did this. I want to go somewhere else to be. And but I think it was more playing that first camp. And then realizing, you know, you have the top guys there, but at the same time, I'm dominating. So why couldn't I do the same thing? If when you come over here, right? Exactly. And but did you have a feeling about it? Like you got to leave friends, you got to leave people. You were like, I was fuck like, that! I, I want to go make my right, name. Right. So you were determined to become to come here and be the number one basketball player in high school. Definitely, yeah. And so you came half. So when you came here in your sophomore year, you still had a little bit of season left to play. Yeah, we played. Um, the National High School Championship. Oh, so you came right when right. the season, right when they started that And I was time. eligible for it. Yeah. Oh, you could I play came it. in time, yeah. And they put, you got, you got right in, no problem, no, they yeah. put you on the squad. Just because I was there early enough, but I didn't play the, uh, the other tournaments, yeah. but I was there in time. And then you stayed at Mount Virgin, junior year. Junior and senior. And senior, and did you notice, like, what was the biggest difference between Australia and America, right away? Not even basketball-wise, just it's like culture. culturally, like living in the families, you were um, saying? Because Mount Bird, the families are all rich families, right? No. I mean, okay. a lot of them are, the students are, but if you're there for athletics, it's a lot different. So yeah, but like, I was like the students who The student-wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's in Orlando, right? Yeah, Orlando. Yeah, so what did you notice differently, like, culturally? Um, I think everybody's very welcoming, and everyone understood everyone's coming from different countries and, and different places, so everybody was kind of in the same boat um, in terms of living. Oh, people at Mount Verde come from everywhere. Oh, yeah. There's, so there's China, China all everywhere. over the world. Yeah. And coming there for the American experience. Yeah, and it's a great school. Got it. So you could relate to people who were coming from other, because it's not, oh, just, it's not yeah. like a regular high school where everybody's just from Orlando. Right. If you, if, it's like seeing one kid homesick and then someone else is homesick for sure. Everybody it. has their, 
had issues. Did you have? Did you get home? How quick did you get homesick? Um, I was pretty good because I was playing at the time, so I was keeping busy with that. Focused. Yeah. Mind. But if I have nothing to do, that's when I kind of get homesick. Think about it. Even still to this day, you get that no, feeling. No, 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 not now. You moved on. Right now. I get homesick, like just being in LA for three weeks, I just want to get home, but it wasn't really like a homesick. And today is homesick, you want to go back to Philly or you want to go to Australia? Philly. Philly. The Philly's home now. Yeah. yeah, so you get home. So if you're in LA for three weeks, you're like, I'm ready to get back to right, Philly. Right, get back to my bed. Get back to my home yeah. where I live, which is my domain. That's actually the sign of being an adult is like you've made Philly your home. It's, it's right. not necessarily about Philly, it's about your space. Right. Because now you're used to having your own space. Yeah, so your own space could be on the moon, but you want to get back to where you control it, right. you know what's going mm-hmm. on. I know everything going on. You yeah. know everything going on, exactly. I also know, like your senior year in high school, you started to document your senior year, correct? Yeah. And, I mean, that was brilliant because, obviously in this world where content means everything, mm-hmm. to get ahead of it like that was really smart. Was that your idea? Where did that thinking come so from? That came from uh, my sister and then we sat down and talked about it and it was green light. So from say halfway through my senior year, that's when we really started filming. Yeah. And you filmed the whole... All the way till the draft. All the way to the draft. And was that like, and obviously you went through your freshman year at LSU, which became mm-hmm. the doc, which was great. Was that more of a... So when I look at that, I think about it like it's, it's either two ways you were thinking. Either that was a business decision, like I want to make this because I know it'll sell and we can, right. what it became a Showtime doc. Or there's something you wanted to show. Like, I want to take people on this journey. Right. I want to show something. Which it, one it was it? It was more about showing people um, the lifestyle that student athletes live. And it's not how they think it is and how it should be. Yep. So it was more about just exposing that and uh, just showing them. There's the athlete side, but there's the person side too. And understanding that athletes are people. And, you know, it's not easy. Do you think, I mean, I talk about this all the time. J.J. Reddick, we did this piece on J.J. Reddick. I don't know if you saw it called The Process, where we followed him through free agency. And his whole purpose for doing that is he was like, when you switched, obviously J.J.'s going to play with you guys. He picked the Sixers. But he came and sat with us and was like, nobody understands that when you're a free agent, it's just like every other person picking a job. Like, us picking a new job is only followed through Twitter and what reporters say and how much money and what city, but I gotta talk to my wife. Right. I gotta talk to, you know, figure out what school my kids are gonna go to. I mean, he talked about playing for the Clippers, just wasn't fun. Like it wasn't, forget the money, I just didn't have fun going to work. Do you think people have a big misconception on like, and don't understand that athletes are normal people 100%, yeah, all the time. And And you you want to show that. Yeah, you see it through social media, at games, and. They don't realize you have to go home the same way they do. You got to sleep, so they don't understand that. But I mean, it's it comes with it though. It comes. And you. When did you understand? When did you start to understand that's a part of it that comes with high school. your job? Really? High school, because you know you walk out of the locker room, you have hundreds of kids waiting for your autograph and photos and things like that. So I think that's when I really realized this is it's much more than just playing. Yeah. And did you also see have? Like people being critical of you too? Oh yeah, for sure. How early and how young were you when people were critical of you as a basketball player? High what school. your decisions? High school. High school in Australia or uh, here? Here. I mean, Australia too, there's politics everywhere, but more uh, coming to the States. And what was the first place that you noticed? It? I think more towards my senior year. And then when they have the rankings and you know, people say, he shouldn't be there, he should be lower, this guy's better. 
I think that's once uh, that's when I really started to notice that. And people like who like just know other players, who, other players. Or are you talking Some about? Of, when you say people, they're like yeah, reporters, me, yeah, reporters, fans, just like people who were backing that other kid. Just so, talking to just people speaking. in general. Yeah, and and people taking shots of you, saying things, not realizing that your your family has to right. read that stuff too, right? right? Yeah, definitely, because I know my mom gets involved. She used to read Twitter all the time and tell me, I can't believe this guy said this about you, you know, but you know, you have to tell her, you know, it's, it's, it just comes with it. Yeah, and for a mom, that's very hard because, you know, she's looking right. at you as, as your, her son. Was it you who explained it? Hey, mom, relax. This is what, this she, is my life for the next It's just funny because she cared more than I cared. Because people would be saying things, I'm like, whatever. And then she'd send me stuff like, do you know this person? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so it would just be funny getting those texts. Did you, were you able to get her off of? Oh, yeah. Or she's still she doing it? She doesn't care now. She's like, She no. may look at it, but she won't tell me. She won't even yeah. bother you with it. Yeah. That's good. So obviously after Mount Verde, you went to LSU. Um, you were only at LSU three months, two months? Like seven. Seven, eight, seven, eight, eight months. Long. Did you actually enjoy it there, your seven, eight months? Did you I have fun there? I had fun. I did. Um, Basketball-wise, it was, it was tough just because I knew I was going into a situation where the team wasn't like a Duke or Kentucky and have the talent like that. But I just had fun. Um, I had great roommates, great teammates, uh, met, met a lot of great people. So in terms of me as a person, I think I had a good time. Got it. And you were obviously, you spoke about it, I mean, which I think is great and fine and everybody knows it you were out open about being one and done like I'm here right. for one year and I'm out so you were only there for seven months I mean like for a player like you it was just a lot I mean Kentucky has six of them every year it seems like yeah. is there even a point to go to, to college for that seven six or seven months I think yes and no I feel like if I if I didn't go and I was just working on my craft and getting better then I would be in a great position still um, but that's one of those rules where it just kind of doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and obviously in in Europe, and I know, I almost assume in Australia, that right. that whole layer of college in between a young man and going playing pro basketball doesn't exist right. in Europe. But we have in the U.S., obviously there's a lot of thought that it's a money-making system. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we have that college system? I mean, if we didn't, a lot of people would be losing money. Yeah. So I think that's the main reason. Um, obviously, NCAA, if they didn't have the stars coming through, then people wouldn't be watching. Yeah. And, you know, I also think my personal opinion is it's much better to develop when you know you're going to be a basketball player mm -hmm. on a pro team. Like like European soccer, I follow you. Right. They have club. I mean, These kids started, you can play at 11. Yeah. I mean, Messi started. People don't realize Messi's been playing for Barcelona like 20 years, right. literally, yeah. since he was 11 which helps you develop more as a player mm -hmm. and as a person. And the college system just gets you away, especially when it's a guy like you. We all know you weren't going to be there long. Right. We all know John Wall wasn't going to be at Kentucky long. DeMarcus Cousins wasn't going to be at mm -hmm. Kentucky long, Anthony Davis. So I just don't understand the point of it. So I was curious, if I was as talented as you, would I see a point in that six or seven months right. of being there? And I think no. I think I would have learned a lot more being around professional athletes, 1,000%. Um, Looking at it now, I don't even really know what I learned financially or um, just being a person at LSU. Yeah. I think I've learned a lot more 
with this whole year uh, being in Philly and being a pro uh, than I did at LSU. Yeah, and you knew you always, I mean, you knew you were going to be a pro when you right. went to LSU. And you also talked about another thing is like, the other thing that's really fucked up about the system amongst many things is you're only there for seven months. We all know you're going to be one and done. But then there's all of these hurdles and things you've got to navigate right. and people you talked about this people offering you things yeah. that you have to navigate around and not because if you hit one of those speed bumps mm -hmm. then those seven months that you're only there you get suspended right. or can't play and you talked about people offering you things what were some of the things that people offered you or came to you with? it was literally anything from anything cars to cash bags shoes um anything jewelry Exactly, and all of that is because they know, like everybody else in the world, you're only going to be there seven months, and yeah. nobody at college even teach. They don't. They just tell you you can't do that. Yeah. They don't even teach you. Do they teach you why it's wrong or talk to you that's about? The, yeah, that's the whole thing. They don't really tell you why. They don't really give you an answer why you can't do certain things. It's just it's just a rule, and I don't, I don't think that's really been addressed yet. Um, but hopefully, you know, it gets there. How would a college campus look like? If the basketball players and the football players at LSU got paid, right, it's a pro a pro athlete. So yeah. it's like it's I don't know. It's hard to really explain. But I think if you were to pay athletes, I think you just have to do it a certain way if they were in college. Yeah. So like per diem kind of you just do that. Yeah, because you. My point was because you, what you turned pro, you were 19 when you were drafted. Yeah, 19. 19. So six months earlier than that, would you, if you were getting paid a lot of money at LSU, yeah. would you, do you think you were prepared and would you have been able to handle it? That's my question, basically. Depends. If I was still going to class and, and living with my roommates, I think it's completely different. But I think being by yourself and having to pay your bills and take care of your, your household and things like that, I think it's a lot different. Yeah. That, that's the point, that's what I'm making. Like, yeah. As a college kid, and you- I think it's either you're a pro or you're not. That's yeah. why I think it is. You're either a pro and you like live on your own right. and you do your own thing or not. And that's, I think, the hard thing when you talk about college athletes generating all this money, I think they should get a piece of it for sure. Right. But then it's like, how would you dish Even it out if it's not like upfront, maybe after, after they're done. That's a good point, like defer so, right. so they have money for put sure. up. Which then when they're ready for it, they can accept it, right. so you defer it. And because I'm sure when you were walking around, when you were at LSU that freshman year, you wore number 25. Did they yeah. have your jerseys like in the bookstore? Jersey store? everywhere. They had um, billboards. And before I got there, they had a, uh, it's like a saying that said 25 is coming. So they couldn't put your name there, but they can put your number. And everybody really? knew I was number 25. So. And you, did anyone talk to you about, listen, when you go to LSU, this is going to happen. Like, your jersey's going to be on sale. Right. Your name's going to be used. You're going to be on the front of the media guide. Did anyone tell you that, or you just looked, saw it one day? I was, uh, I was mixed between it. Like, I was happy, but at the same time, I was like, what do I get out of it? Yeah. So it was kind of mixed emotions about uh, what they were doing. Yeah. But nobody, did anybody teach, did anyone prepare you for it? Like, the coaches or the, anyone go, like, yo, we're going to use your name and right. jerseys of sell a lot of tickets. They, you, they did say it, but it wasn't to the extent that I thought they were going to do. So they, it was more, I expected less, and they did a lot more. They did a lot more. Yeah. So when you arrived at LSU and you saw the billboards with 25 is coming, maybe they had changed it by then, or you saw your jersey in the airport, how did that make you feel about the, the 
business of college sports? Like, what did you feel like the business of this is about of college sports? Um, it's dirty business. Yeah. So you just had to, I mean, you, you had to put up with it. But at the same time, it, it just taught me a lot. Um, you know, I have an image and people wanted to use that. But now I have the opportunity to control that and, and what I do and who I work with. So, I mean, it helped me. Um, at the same time, it was very, I felt it was really sneaky, kind of, kind yeah. of, uh, in, a, in kind of a kind of way. And, uh, yeah. And at what point did it start to bother you? Did immediately or was it later in the year? I think when they started asking more of me, more photo shoots and, and uh, just meeting with them with certain things I had to do during the day. Like, I, I'd have class and then go lift, go practice, and then, oh, Ben, you got to stay and do media and the photo shoot. So I'd be kind of annoyed, like, what am I getting out of this? When you, get, when you were finally able to turn pro, was that part of, like, your happiness? Was, like, I'm happy to be out of the system. Now, in Philly, they use your jersey, your name, but they pay you. Right. For it. You get a certain amount. I mean, everybody in the league gets a certain amount after the year. So yeah. that's a lot different. And was that part of your happiness? Like, now I can get paid for it. I was like, it. yeah, this is, I was like, this is nice. <laughs> this is the way it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, you use my name or right. my face, my image, exactly. I get paid for yeah. And when you, at what point for you did it hit you like financially, life has changed for me? Was it when they called your name? In Texas. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But did you, but that's a great, that's a great conversation because taxes is a thing. I don't know how, I don't understand the tax system in Australia, yeah. but um, every dollar you make here, basically you pay 50 cents right. to, uh, to the government. And at what point did you, did that hit you like, oh shit, I'm going to get, a million dollars. <laughs> right, I said a million, you get 500,000. Yeah. You gotta pay fees and things like that. So yeah. everyone has to pay taxes, so <laughs> you can't you get out of order. Yeah. That is very true. Uh, the government is very good at making you pay right. taxes. Right. Uh, they've mastered that. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy. They just show up at your door and they say, you didn't pay, you're right. going with us. Um, but at, but was there a moment for you, like, when your name got called, or was it like your agent taking you through the rookie scale, that you were like, holy shit, like, I, I finally, yeah. like, I'm making a lot of money to play basketball? Um, I don't think it was just one point. It was a lot of different situations from the Nike deal to going through it with my financial advisor and just looking at the numbers. I think that's when I was kind of like, wow, this is, this is a lot of money. And. And after you got, after you, because I remember, I was talking to Farrah about this last night, I was like, I remember when my bank account, the first time I had like $50,000, it yeah. was like, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I never thought of it. Like, right. this is way past anything I ever thought I would have in my life. And I wanted to keep looking at it, like, just like keep looking at it for the sake of looking at it, to make yeah. myself feel good. If I like wake up and like feel bad, I just like check. Did you do, do you do that? Do you like check your bank account and like look at it and go like, holy <laughs> shit, there's a lot of money so, Sometimes, um, yeah, definitely. Or it's just getting a check for something. I think getting a check and instead of looking at my bank account is more rewarding. It's more rewarding. Yeah. And when you get a check now, when you get paid, do, they, do the checks come to you? Yeah. And you like to see every check? Well, I go to my advisor. And they, they go to your advisor, but, I, but does he? But I'll know when they come in. Does so he or she me. let you know when they come oh, in? Oh yeah, every it's single. It's funny check. that calls. Like, hey, uh, Ben, just want to let you know that uh, we received a check for it this much. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's great. Right. It's just funny because there's things that I would 
say when I was younger, I'll go buy this, but I, I don't do it. That's, that's actually a great point. I think about that too. I always yeah. say, like, now think about your life. I think about, like, not only buy this, but, like, tomorrow I can wake up and literally go anywhere in the world. Right. Like, and I always thought, like, when I have money, I'm just going to go everywhere. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I've never done that, but I, I've always said that too. Yeah, like, tomorrow you can wake up and just go anywhere, yeah. but then you're like, ah, we're going to go back to my apartment and yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's a weird thing, right? Definitely, yeah. Even, I think the, the first thing I did was actually buy a car. It was yeah. the range. And then there's actually one car I wanted and I got that the Bentley. But after that, I haven't really, I mean, if I want it, I can go get it. That's the thing. Of course. So, but I think I'm at the point where I don't need to. Yeah. I'm saving more money now. And yeah. I'm just being smart about it. And what made you get the range first? I don't know. It was just a nice truck. Is it, did you always want that car? I think it's just one of those cars where it just, it was perfect for where I was going. And I didn't want to have like a, a sports car that was two-wheel drive or anything like that. In Philly, yeah. Yeah, just something like an everyday car. But you wanted something great that looked good and felt good. Yeah. And for you, when did you realize that basketball is your job, is going to be your job for a very long time? Like, it's a job. It's not like yeah. you just, you don't play anymore. Like, that's your job. Like, you go to work and they pay you to do that. I still don't really look at it as a job just because I love playing the game. Yeah. And I think it's just fun, exciting, getting better every day. And, and did you ever look at it like, it's my business, this is what I, this is what I do, this is the business that I'm in. I'm in the business of basketball. Right, I, I definitely did. Um, in terms of just business um, in investments and things like that and just marketing myself the right way, yeah. I've definitely uh, taken that very seriously. And obviously last season uh, you didn't play, but what was the biggest surprise for you in the NBA? Like, was there a moment like you were like, oh, I didn't realize this thing, or um, I didn't realize that, or I didn't realize you get paid like this, or you have to practice this much, or was there a big surprise for you? Uh, not really. I think it's just, it's, it's similar to college, but less intense, I think. Got it. I think college is ramped up a little bit more with practices and, and them moving around a lot more. Why do you think college is ramped up? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Just even watching practices now and seeing how hard they go compared to like an NBA practice is just completely different. And what's the biggest difference? I think the intensity. In practice? In practice. It's much higher in college. Yeah. The coaches are screaming right. more for right. sure. I know that part. Yeah, definitely. But I think the NBA is more you, you need to do this to, in order to stay in the league. Yeah. So now it's a business and this is what you need to do. Um, compared to college where they kind of, you know, come on guys, let's go do this. Yeah, it's so, a lot more rah-rah right. in college, right? And also in the NBA, there's a lot more practices. Yeah. So it's very hard for the coach to right. have that level of intensity. more games also. More games, exactly. Um, but that was a surprise. You, you, did you think going from college to pros, the intensity would stay the same in practice? Definitely, because I remember some of the vets were saying, um, talking about training camp when we went. They're like, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I'm like, man, this is, this is about to be hard. And I get there, and it's just like five and five shooting drills. I'm like, this is not bad at all. <laughs> this, is, this is good. Exactly. And for you not playing last year, but you got paid, was that a weird thing for you? Like, I always think about, like, you, you didn't play, but you still got paid. Right. I feel like once I was getting the money, I, was, I didn't feel like I deserved it just because I wasn't playing. But the same time, I love earning what I get. No, I, I did earn that, but at the same time, I want to play. Yeah. And earn, you know, earn it on the court. That's my point. I know you. You, I yeah. know you as a player. 
you want to like earn everything you get. That's what like like it could have been a little weird sitting there like I'm getting paid, but I'm not. I want to help the team. Right. But and then not playing last year. Did that actually actually? Let me ask you a different. When was the last time you didn't play a basketball season? Could you been playing since a kid? Yeah. An actual game was uh, summer league. Yeah. yeah, but no. When was the last time, last time you, I, you didn't play a basketball season? Were you like five years old or something? You've been playing basketball since you were six or seven yeah, years old. Yeah, so. young. I'd have been so young. like a kid, right? Yeah. So, not playing in a game last season did that make you realize really how much you love basketball? No, definitely. Did it change your like? Even seeing going down to the Drew League, you know, I wanted to play. Yeah. But obviously, I gotta wait. Yeah. So. And because I'm sure sitting there from, if I was in your shoes, you could go like. Damn, I didn't realize how much I would miss this thing until I couldn't do it. I didn't do it for a season. Yeah, I definitely looked at it like that, but at the same time I looked at it where now I have time to get better and focus on what I need to focus on, take care of my, my stuff. So it was a lot of negatives, but at the same time I made it, you know, turn it into a positive. 100%. And at this point, do you think, obviously you're a pro now, you get paid, but at this point, your love for the game. Do you think you could play for free? Like if someone told you you are gonna play basketball, yeah. but you're not gonna get paid anything anymore, but you still get to play. I would have a, I would have a second job for sure. <laughs> you know, I'd play, but yeah, I've always wanted to play. You know, if you had a court here and we say let's go play up and down, I'd definitely go. You, but you just get a second job. What would your second job be? By the way? What would what would you do? If <laughs> I'd you be in Australia. Basketball? I'd be in Australia. Doing what? Probably playing Australian football. Playing Australian <laughs> football? Yeah, for sure. So if you weren't playing hoops. You'd be playing Australian football, yeah. and the off season you'd be just playing basketball, yeah. just for the love. Right. But you're a great athlete. Um, <laughs> do you have, like, when you think about when you, now that you're a pro, have you put goals in your head as a player, like things that you want to accomplish as a player, as a, for your team individually? In terms of accolades on the court, or accolades or like ac- accomplishments, not even business wise, pl- as a player, as a, like, player? As a basketball player. Definitely, I want to be one of the greatest players to ever play. That's so, amazing. you know, whenever I step on the floor, I just, I don't care who's on the floor, I just want to be that, the best player on the court. But I also want to win. Yeah. So, I value winning uh, more than you know, having 50 points. Yeah. And, and how often do you think about those things? How often do you think about, like, I want to be one of the best players and I want to help Philly win a lot? Every time I go on social media, somebody's saying something about Philly sucks or, you know, this guy's bad, this guy's going to win this award. Uh, just things like that kind of gets to me um, just because, you know, in my head, I'm stubborn. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm the best. Yeah. And do you think, and obviously, I think you guys got a shot to eventually be really great. Philly. Right. You, you, do you feel Yeah, I believe team? that, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you guys have put together a fucking great yeah. core that I think could be great. And Financially, have you started thinking about goals like business-wise? Do you have goals in your head that you definitely? I want to financially. I want to be able to not even have to worry about the NBA money. I just want that to be just there. So for me, I want to business-wise investments, businesses, and just be uh, very involved in that side of things. Got it. And then the money you make from the NBA, you just put it away. Right. Not even have to live off everything else. Exactly. Um, and obviously. As you said early, earlier, Nike was a big one for you. That was one, was Nike yeah. the first deal you did? Yeah, Nike. Nike was yeah. first. So that was the first kind of salary because you did that before the draft. Right. So that was the first salary that you earned. And you went to those shoe meetings. Was that fun? Did you enjoy going to the shoe meetings? Um, it wasn't what I expected. So it was a lot. 
it was very serious for me. <laughs> for me, when I got in there, because I was, they would talk about the shoes and, and what's happening, but I was like, all right, let's talk about money. Like, what's the contract gonna look like? Yeah. And, yeah. And it was it was much more serious than you thought. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And was it um, was it fun for you? Uh, I was kind of getting just tired. Of, it's boring. Yeah, it? because you get in those meetings and people are just talking, but and you just want to get down to the business side of things. Yeah. But it's it's all a game, kind of. You know, you gotta you know earn it. Did you also you wanted to get down to money, but you also they were trying to explain you. Did you did you understand? Well, I'm sure Nike, because I know Nike very yeah. well, was explaining to you. Hey, we're gonna pay you now, but we want to try and help you build something that could. Definitely. Help you make money along. Did you understand that? that? Yeah, Did you understand that going in? Yeah, definitely. You could either be with somebody and they could offer you twenty million right there, or you could go with somebody who offer you fifteen, ten, and you could turn it into something special. Yeah. You know, that's what I believe in. You wanted, you believed, and you wanted. So basically, you wanted to bet on yourself. Definitely. Because in order to believe that, you have to believe you're going to be one of the right, great players. Right. Right. And you felt that way. Yeah, for sure. Got it. And when you look at whether it was Nike or other business opportunities, who is it that helps you sort through and understand business opportunities? Like really, like this is what you're, this is what they're offering you, this is how you should think about it, think about it this way. Who is it that helps you th sort through that? Parents, rich, um, family. Yeah. So anybody who's kind of been in the situation that I've been in, even Braun, uh, just reaching out to people who have been in similar situations. That can help you understand what you're dealing with right. as a basketball player now. Right. Um, do you enjoy it? Like, do you enjoy that part of it? Did you, did, even the, Nike is one thing in meeting with shoe companies, like as business opportunities come and Rich brings them yeah. to you, do you enjoy going through them? I'd say at the start, I was kind of like, just, just whatever. But now I've had the whole year to really understand that. And I've been very invested in that and wanting to learn more and just meeting and connecting with other people yeah. uh, around the business industry. Got it. And have you learned a lot? Definitely. Very fast, yeah, right? You, right. Had to, you had to take a crash course in this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Right. Has that part of it been hard, like learning on the go? Yeah, I've, I've messed up a few times just with certain things, buying dumb things, but <laughs> I mean, that, that happens. I feel like I've got most of that out of, uh, out of the way, hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you, know, you have to fail to succeed. What was the thing you bought that you regret the most? <laughs> There's a few things. <laughs> um, I had two Savannah cats. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I had to get rid of them though. They were crazy. Are they expensive? Those so I had one that was around four thousand, three thousand. Holy shit! And then I got a male who was uh, second generation. He was no, he's third generation. He was uh, six thousand. And Savannah cats mean they come from Savannah, like the no. So the parent, or the grandparent of that is a serval, which is a cat. I think it's like this big. Yeah. It's actual wild cat. And they mix it with domestic cats. Yeah. What made you get those I just love cats? animals. You so love I, all animals. Yeah. Because you I, have dogs too. I have two dogs. Yeah. One doesn't live there just because he's too big, so he lives with somebody else. What kind of dog is he? Uh, Ken Corso. Oh, I like And he's like 120 pounds. And you have an apartment. Yeah. And I've, the Frenchie lives at the apartment, though. The yeah, Frenchie that's what I've seen. That was an investment, though, because he's, he's, so he's a lilac color, and uh, they usually sell him for around 30000 Oh, wow. Because of the color they are? Yeah. So I got him for five. And the guy, I guess, wants to breed him also, so. And do lilacs have more lilacs? If you breed it with another lilac. Lilac, so yeah. two lilacs almost guarantee a litter, yeah. a whole litter. If you have the right genes. I love dogs too, but did the, did the cat, how did the cat and the dogs interact? 
Because those cats are kind of wild. The cats. cat wouldn't even mess with people, though. You couldn't really pick it up and, like, hold it. Because it's not domestic? No, it would just, yeah. Would it let you no. hold it? This, the girl did. I could yeah. pick her up, but at the same time, you couldn't really hold her comfortably. She'd be, like, crawling. And what, did you always want those cats, or what made you do that? It was either that or a dog. And then I got the dog anyway, so. And then is there something that you bought that you're so happy you bought? Is it like, what was the most rewarding thing you Rewarding, bought? probably getting my parents a car. Getting your parents yeah. a car? You got them both a separate, each one of them? Not yet. One no, just because they, they travel a lot. So I was, I was thinking about one of the states, but that made no sense. And what did you get them? Uh, Range Rover. Is that what they wanted? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> they can't. So I thought they were going to want like a Jeep Cherokee or something like that, a grand, whatever it is. They came back with that. But it just made them happy. So. Oh, you didn't pick it out. You sent them like, go get whatever you want. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to the conversation with Ben Simmons. Um, on the business side of stuff, do you, have you started to focus on it yet? Like, do you actually focus or do you like, how do you manage it? Do you find time like in my day, in the off season, I'm going to focus on business or is there a day of the week that you spend time on it? I think whenever I have free time, I'm just sitting down thinking of ideas and, and different things I can get into or get involved in. But do you tell Farrah, like, listen, Farrah, on off days for an hour I'll do it or hold that stuff to the off season or Rich, don't call me about this. How do you like organize business ideas or things that are opportunities that are coming that you want to look at? Um, if people come to me with things, I usually go to my advisor and let him handle it. Or if, if something's related to Farrow or Rich, I just let them know. Um, but I think it's, it's been pretty easy with that, Even just not playing. I've yeah, had more time to. You have more time. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. Because now that th when this season starts, your life and schedule, you right. have to figure out a whole new rhythm to yeah, your life. Definitely. Are you excited, nervous about that? Yeah, I'm excited. Now I'm just getting ready to play, so I haven't played in a while, but I'm, I'm just excited to really start my career. Yeah, because you're going to have to like, now playing, there's shoot around, there's games, right. there's all that stuff that's going to change the whole rhythm because right. not playing, you got all that free time to your point. And that, obviously, you know, when you have more free time, you spend more money, so now it's, you know, I can really settle down and just work. Exactly. You don't have to worry about, you know, Paying bills, I get Sean to do that. <laughs> exactly. I could just play. Sean, your brother can do that, right? Right. right. And uh, and Sean can take care of everything yeah. else while you go out. And it's gonna be easier for him too, because you know, he doesn't have to see me every day. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Enough, so. You'll be on the road playing right. and scoring twenty-five points a night. Um, and for you, obviously, you talked about LeBron. Obviously, I know Brian well. Been through everything. As you look up to him and spent time with him, why? What is it about his life? off the court that you look up to and admire? He's a businessman. You know, he takes care of everything he needs to take care of. Um, from, you know, Blaze upside, I was watching that, the investments you guys made and, and what you guys have done. Um, even listening to the uh, the video I was watching, the Nate and Doe yeah. uh, with Braun. So just knowing what he's been through and having his experiences, and I can just learn from him and, and pick his brain. I think that would just... It, it helps a lot. And and when you pick his brain, what are the things that you're trying to like get from him? Because obviously you're Ben, so your life is going to be different. Right. But there are certain things you could pick from him to use. Is there certain things that you're trying to learn and soak up from him? That, yeah, that even goes back to 
my siblings not you know telling me certain things there's some things you just want to experience for yourself but there's also some things that you know obviously he's been through that I definitely don't want to you know go through so yeah. I think that is you know it's, when you have guys like that around you it's definitely great to ask them so the, the main so the thing that's a good point that's a smart way to look at it what you're really trying to learn from him is what to avoid right the things to navigate around yeah. so you don't hit the same potholes yeah. that he may or may have not right. hit which is which is very smart and do you ever sit back and think like now that you're about to start playing and obviously you're a great player and going to be a great player and like take Brown for example we always talked about he always wanted to be one of the greatest players to ever play. Mm -hmm. He always thought and said, I could be definitely be one of the greatest players to ever play. So he and I also thought about it. It was a lot of my job, really, mm -hmm. to think about, okay, how do I take what he's going to become on the court and translate to success off right. the court? But he definitely would think about it, but he spent more time thinking about basketball. He still does. Yeah. But he definitely would visualize what his life could be as he got success on the court, off the court. Do you ever visualize that? Like, as as you start balling and tearing shit up on the court, what that could turn into you for you Definitely. off the court? Of course, yeah. I think it would be, it's scary, but it's exciting at the same time. And what is it that's the most exciting part of it to you? Is it the opportunities you Definitely. see? Definitely, I'd say the opportunities that, you know, that will be put in front of me. Yeah. And, you know, I have a lot of tough decisions to make, but at the same time, you know, it's, uh, I'd be blessed to be in that position. Yeah, because for you, like the one thing I can tell you for sure is as you start balling what you will, the opportunities are going to be be endless, right. and there's going to be things for you to look at, which is fun. It does get tiresome, right? Because you know, but you obviously have a great team and fair and rich, and as you said, your advisor who can filter them for you. Mm -hmm. But that part is exciting and tiresome. But I'm sure for you, is there a part of it where you're like afraid of it, or is it like all excitement? I think it's just exciting. You know, I think having a whole year to really make sure I had the right people around me has helped and now I can really just focus on playing and then once I'm on the court and playing and then doing well you know all that stuff comes and yeah. it's going to be easy I feel like you know to sort through all that exactly and back so back to um your purchase is there is there a thing that you like have a guilty pleasure of like is a thing that it sounds like it could be animals but I'd be interested to hear your answers there's something that you keep buying that you're like, fuck, I want to stop buying that, but I can't stop? Probably like jewelry. Jewelry? Yeah. You love jewelry. Yeah. But it's so, like, I think I just want to have the pieces where I don't have to like get them now instead of later. But I, like watches, um, some chains. Got it. How many watches you have? That's two. a beautiful only, watch. Only two. Thank you. Only two? What's the other one you have? Uh, Rolex. Which Rolex? Uh, presidential. What's that? For, the new 41. Oh, 41. Yeah. At least you're buying the right watches. Right. That's the key is to buy the right, right ones because, like, that watch and the Rolex, yeah. you'll have your whole life. Yeah, it goes up. So. Yeah, you'll have it your whole life. But you like jewelry. I see you got beautiful bracelets. So, jewelry is like your thing that you just. It would be cars, but I don't have enough room. I'm in an apartment, so. <laughs> yeah. how, many, how much room do you have for cars in your house now? Um, how many parking spots? You just have to pay every month. That's the only problem. Oh, no, for every yeah. parking space you get. Yeah. So every car comes with a new expense. Right. And if you could have as many cars as you want, how many would you think you would have? Probably a lot. I think. Yeah, I think about it a lot. A lot. Probably a more lot. than ten. Is there one? Is there a car in Australia? Like in America, obviously, yeah. the Benz. Like, probably the Benz. Is there a car in Australia like that 
I fucking made it car that you drive around like. Range Rover. Range Rover. Yeah, people don't. People aren't into cars like that back home. Really? They're into them, but not as much. You know, people aren't worried about, I think, materialistic things as much. So you go to L.A. and you see everybody has a a Wraith and a Ghost. Yeah, and that's actually a good point because the craziest thing I've seen one Rolls Royce in my life in Australia. In your whole life. Whole life. How many you seen in L.A. today? Probably like three, four. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot. And. It's funny as you talk about that materialistic thing because for you, it's like a it's like a real th- you know you were a young guy got your money right. and you'll see people in LA for sure out I've seen it at the club whatever who have a rave mm-hmm. and not even have a great house right is was that like a thing for you that you had to did you ever because you, you obviously got your car first right. because you had to get a car before you knew where you were living right but did someone sit you down like but you also need a great house too and right w- walk you through that part. A little, yeah. I've definitely, so I have uh, like one more year in my lease in my apartment, so I can't wait to get out of there and actually look at houses and yeah. find somewhere, you know, I just feel comfortable. And get a house where it's like, because you know, as you know, yeah. I'm sure someone's talking to you, so maybe not, like, car depreciates, house use Oh, I know, yeah. Did somebody want you <laughs> to do soon that? As I, yeah, because I, I was thinking about selling it. They told me it was worth this much. I was like, I bought it for this much, though, so. But at the same time, I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, I'll drive it. How fast is the car <laughs> depreciate? Because you bought it, and then how long was it in between you bought it and you went to sell it? Probably a year, but it only has about 3,000 miles on it. It has 3,000 miles, yeah. and how much had it depreciated? A lot? <laughs> what, Sean? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, 60,000. And was that the first time you learned that lesson? Oh, yeah. Rich told me, but he, I never knew it was going to be like 60000 I was like, fuck. What did Rich say to you? He's like, you know, as soon as you drive it off the lot, it goes down. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah that's fine. You know, ten, fifteen thousand, yeah. 15000 60000 I was like, oh, I'll keep it. I'll just keep it. <laughs> just keep keep it. it. Yeah. Give it back. Give me yeah. the keys back. I'm going to go home and right. keep it. And when you first bought that car and then a year later it depreciated $60,000, what was the lesson you learned? I think I just didn't appreciate the car at the time. I think that's what it was. I mean, it's an amazing car, but um, I think I was just getting bored being at home all the time. And that whole year, I was just at home. So I'm like seeing the same car. I'm like, damn, Bentley, Bentley, Range. Like, I'm going between two cars, and I thought I just wanted to switch it up. And when but, you, but then when you went there and they told you, well, we, you can switch it up fine, right. but you're going to lose 60 grand on a switch. Was there a business lesson you learned in that? A little bit, but I think, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I just enjoy the car now. Yeah. I appreciate it for what it is. Um, but the lesson would be, don't get a car and unless you know you're gonna keep it for more than three, four years. Exactly. Would you say cars are a good investment? If you're willing to keep them, <laughs> but if not, then no. If you're sitting at home wanting to change right. them every year, is a bad. Definitely idea. not. No. And I'd say at least for you as you go as you just finished your first year as a pro, and you look back as a high school and college player, what advice would you give that version of Ben Simmons? Or would you tell Ben Simmons to expect this? Or? Um, probably just keep the right people around you. And I've always had the right people around me, but at the same time, you just gotta make sure everybody has their own thing going on. So I think it was just more helping others and, and setting up other people. Yeah. And using your connections to help people, but uh, just, just work hard and take care of your your family. Yeah, and is it for you? Is it 
obviously you said you've learned a whole lot going that first year as a pro. Was there something that you expected it to be a certain way that it wasn't as a first year in a pro? I think it was what I expected. Um, I think that would change a lot more once I start playing also. But I think it was everything I kind of expected. Got it. And is there one decision business-wise for you at a young age that stuck out to you that was like, that was the best business decision I made? Probably firing my, uh, my last advisor, financial advisor. advisor. Yeah. Wasn't the person you wanted around? No. And that was when I was really like, I really need to take care of my shit and get this together before, you know, it gets worse. Got it. And, and when you, was it, because for young people, that's a hard thing to do, to like oh, yeah. fire somebody. It's like a yeah. concept that's hard. Yeah, speaking to my parents about it, they, I was kind of brushing it off. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. No, it's good. It's good. But then I kind of realized, no, I didn't really need to take care of this and you know, handle it. And how long in between the moment you realized you needed to let that person go to when you actually did it? Um, like a month. Like a month? Yeah. And was it, did you have to talk yourself into it? Like, I'm going to do this. I have to do this. Not really. I was like, all right, just, let's, let's get it done. That's yeah. how my parents was like, let's do it. So. And it was, in your mind, why did you have to do it? Was it something you need to set yourself right. up better long term or you want to take control of your stuff? Right, I want to take control and make sure I had the right people around me and just trust everybody. Got it. And, and for you, is there, um, obviously on social, you talked about how much better you, you are as a player today right. than you were even a year ago, oh, like yeah. entering that first year Definitely. in Philly. Have you thought about goals for this season as a player? Because you could be rookie right. of the year. Right. Have you, have you started making goals in your head for this season as yeah, a team, that, as a player? I'd say that's a goal, but my goals are to be in the, in the All-Star game. Yep. So if I'm in the All-Star, I'm definitely going to be Rookie of the Year. Of course. So I don't even can, I don't really look and worry about the other rookies. I look at the guys at the top, you know, yep. KD, Steph, Braun, guys like that, just because that's where I want to be. You want to be in the class with them. Right. That's what you're pushing to. Right. I don't want to be talked about with the other rookies. Yeah, you yeah. want to be considered one of the better players in right. the league. That's great. And what is it that you think, what's the major thing that makes you much better? I read you, you put on so, on Instagram, I think it was last week, that like yeah. Ben Simmons today would kick Ben Simmons' ass 12 months ago right. as a basketball player. Definitely. What is the main thing that, that you think would do that? I think just learning the game and being around the vets um, that I had in Philly, um, from Jared Bayless, you know, talking to him and just learning the game a lot more and being able to just watch instead of being on the court. And, you know, on the court, you know, you think everything's fine. You know, I think everything that I'm doing is right. But at the same time, I'm looking at film and I'm seeing, you know, different options and, and watching film every day. I got to a point where I was just learning so much more. Got it. And so in, in college, obviously you were at LSU, you weren't getting paid. Um, in high school, you obviously with your family, you guys didn't grow up rich. And now you're a rich guy. Yeah. But is there one thing that you used to do? when you had no money, that now that you have money, you still do that thing like a broke habit? Is there one you have? You looking at Sean, does Sean know something? Probably just taking water from the facility. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you take water from the practice facility yeah, to the house? Yeah. Still? Yeah. You know, he goes out, he'll be... Sean, he'll Sean go to like, your brother? He'll go to Whole Foods and he'll go uh, like get the essential water. And I'm like, why, why would you buy water? Like, we could just go get some. <laughs> That's probably the one. You take water. What did you like? Load your gym bag up and take. No, let's go to like. Let's go in the bag and just put it in the truck. And put. Oh, you. you the way I look at it is that they want me to be hydrated, so. <laughs> man, everybody's winning. Everybody's right, winning exactly. Yeah. 
Now, are you ashamed about it, or you just nah, do nah, it blatantly? Nah, nah, like, yo, know, you tell, like, the ball boy or something, like, put me a couple cases in the truck? Nah, we do it. No, you do it yourself? Yeah. <laughs> you carry it out, the yeah. whole thing. Load it up and take yeah, it home. Yeah. And to your point, they want you to be hydrated. It's there, right. so yeah. that's actually very funny. Hopefully they don't tell me to stop doing it. <laughs> as you think about you as a player wanting to be one of the all-time greats, you're going to have a shot yeah. to do that. How much do you think about what you will mean and you being an all-time great will mean to Australia as a country for basketball? Um, I think it will mean a lot. I think it just pushes kids from Australia to you know, want to be an NBA player or, or just succeed or whatever they do. And I feel like me being the number one pick, and there's only been two of those people in, uh, in Australia to do that, Andrew Bogan and, and me. So I feel like it just pushes kids and, and inspires them in some uh, type of way. And is it your goal to grow the sport of basketball in Australia as you play? Definitely. And I'm starting over my first camp uh, next week. So just things like that. I just want to build um, a great foundation there. And obviously they've had my back you know, ever since I've been there. So I want to uh, you know, give back. And obviously Australia as a country has great athletes from Australian football, right. all different types of sports. Do you, think if, do you think you have an opportunity to grow the game to get some of those great athletes into basketball that will change how Australia is viewed as a country in the game. I think so. Home. I think there's a lot of kids, very talented kids back home, and they understand the, ga uh, the game and play the right way. And I think that's, you know, that's, that's how I was raised playing the game. And I think, you know, once they get over to the States and play against, you know, American kids or, or whoever it is, that, you know, there'll be a lot more Australian players in the league. And have you and Nike talked about, obviously you're going there to do your camps and right. Wayne's going with you, mostly to get his miles so he can have great vacations and take his wife wherever he wants to go but have you and Nike discussed like plans to focus on Australia for you for obviously it's a business decision for Nike to grow the game of basketball there but have you guys had those discussions um there's been talks but for me I think not just Australia I want to go to China um, and build my brand all over the world and not just make it about the states and Australia and just you know let everybody know you know I'm not just focused on uh, the two spots. Ben, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for Enjoy having me. Enjoy your trip to Australia. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode of Needing Dough, the podcast presented by Uninterrupted and Chase. We'll be back here next week with a brand new episode. Until then, make sure you subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you listen to your shows. It's free. It helps other people find the show. And that way, you never miss an episode. Thanks again to our partners in this show, Chase. Head over to Chase.com to see what Chase has to offer. Our executive producers are myself, TD St. Matthew Daniel, and Ben Adair. And I'm Andrew Hawkins, a.k.a. Hawk, telling you what a wise man always told me. A penny saved is a penny earned.